0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the New Testament reading of 1 Corinthians, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Cleanliness is next to godliness. Heaven gained another angel. This too shall pass. God helps those who help themselves. Finally, God won't give you more than you can handle. What do all of these phrases have in common? While some of them may be more popular than others, what they all have in common is is that they are things that the Bible does not say. And our focus today will be on the last one. That God won't give you more than you can handle, because this phrase comes from our New Testament reading of First Corinthians. Or at least it comes from the misquoted version of First Corinthians, verse 13 of chapter ten. The actual verse reads this No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. So that part of that verse that gets misquoted is the, he, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Or as the NIV says, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Beyond your ability, what you can bear turns into what you can handle. You take out the rest of the verse and what it's saying and keep the word God, and then you get, God won't give you more than you can handle. Now, before we dig into why it's wrong and what the verse is actually saying, let's talk about why the phrase is tempting for us to believe. And I'll give you two reasons, though there may be more that you can think of. The first reason is, is that This phrase is a man-centered statement that focuses on the person's resources or abilities. In essence, you are strong enough to handle anything that comes your way in life. Since the opposite of being strong is weak, who wants to be known as weak? I sure don't. You. Yeah, I'm strong. I'm tough. I can handle anything that this world throws at me. I'm Superman or Superwoman. The second reason is that, I mean, it can sound like a a comforting thing to say to somebody who's struggling, going through some hard times. It's like, hey, I know that this is tough, but God won't give you more than you can handle. It's going to be okay. He is taking care of you. So, let's dig into these two reasons a little bit and see how they hold up, starting with the last one. While it's great to try and comfort and encourage people who are going through hard times, we need to make sure that we encourage them with the truth. We don't want to make it sound like God is going to protect us from all the difficulties that life can bring. like. God won't let me lose a child. He won't let me be sexually abused. He won't let me get some terminal disease. He won't let me suffer from mental illness. Because that would be more than I can handle. And so what happens when we face one of these things that are beyond our ability to handle? Can you see how this sets up unrealistic expectations, setting yourself up for failure or God for failure? Because if God is the one who's supposed to keep us from these trials, what is our reaction going to be when he doesn't hold up his end of the bargain? And that's why you'll often hear a response like, where was God? Where was God when I was raped? Where was God when that drunk driver ran through the stop sign and killed my spouse? Where was God when my child was being bullied so much that they took their own life? Somebody has to be responsible, right? Who's to blame? God, you said it. You said that you wouldn't give me more than I can handle. And how easy would it be for us to turn away from God. How easy is it for us to turn away from God? Because we believe that he didn't help us in when we needed him the most. When we were going through the worst tragedy we've ever faced, and he said he'd protect us. This is where we can come in and play devil's advocate, or actually, let's just use the devil's own phrasing and say, did God really say Don't say this to anyone who's in the middle of their tragedy. But for us today, as we seek to see God's word clearly and what it says, we can ask the question, did God really say? Did God really say he wouldn't give you more than you can handle? Okay, let's move on to the other one. That you are strong, that you are Superman or Superwoman, and that you can handle anything that comes your way. I'm not here to debate your individual strength, your ability to persevere. I'm also not here to rate the quality or quantity of your struggles, because I know that mine have not been that difficult compared to many others. So let's use the example of someone like Paul. He's writing to us here in 1 Corinthians. He also writes 2 Corinthians. And in chapter 1, we see this. what they were going through was way more than they could handle. They figured they had received a death sentence, so there was no hope of being saved. Maybe even some of them wished for death rather than to keep going through what they were going through. But what they went for was for what? To make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. You see, if God never gave you more than you could handle, You'd never need God. And there's plenty of people out there in the world who feel they have no need for God. There's plenty of people who have felt that God was not there for them when they needed him. So they have no reason to rely on God anymore because God is just someone who lets them down. At least their version of God that was based on a flawed view of God and his word. Paul tells us that he was given more than he could handle so that he would rely on God and not himself or his own strength. But I thought you were strong. Aren't you strong enough to do anything on your own? Well, this idea comes from another scripture verse that's often misquoted and we don't have time to dig into it today, but that is this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Go ahead and read the rest of Philippians chapter 4. You'll see how it's taken out of context. But if we were to say realistically that you can do all things through Christ, well, then you should be able to handle anything that comes your way. You should be able to heal yourself, you should be able to protect yourself from all harm and danger. You definitely should be able to take care of the problem of sin if you're strong enough. Can you take care of the problem of sin? Can you overcome temptation on your own? Can you live a perfect life free from sin? Well, if not, then you must not be strong. But I thought you said you were strong. I mean... The world doesn't really tolerate weakness. The world will take advantage of weakness. So what do we say to that? Well, let's hear from Paul again in 2 Corinthians. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Similar to what he said in chapter 1, To make him rely not on himself, but God, here a thorn of flesh is given. Maybe some kind of physical illness. So he isn't conceited and only depending upon his own strength and his own abilities. He continues, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, "'My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness.'" Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We've talked a bit about strength today. But the reality is, as Paul says, we are weak. And to that, all we have to do is go back to sin. Can you take care of the problem of sin? Can you overcome temptation on your own? Can you live a perfect life free from sin? No, you can't. You can try as hard as you want, but you will give in to temptation. You will sin. That's because you're a sinner. You have been a sinner since the time you were conceived in your mother's womb. And as a result of you being born into sin, you commit actual sins. You disobey God's commands. And as a result of your acts of disobedience, even as a result of you just being born into sin, you deserve punishment. And God's punishment for sin is death. We all deserve to die. We do not deserve life. We deserve death. We poor, miserable, weak, sinful beings are deserving of nothing but death. And not just physical death. We deserve spiritual death, condemnation, hell. We deserve hell to be forever separated from God. And we cannot save ourselves. That is why Christ came. And that's why we need him. The Lord's answers to Paul in his affliction was, My grace is sufficient for you, For my power is made perfect in weakness. On Palm Sunday, which is a few weeks away, Jesus is seen as this strong king riding to Jerusalem to save the people of Israel. Yet when he's up on the cross, he hears, if you are the Christ, save yourself. In other words, if you are strong, if you're the Messiah, if you're the king that you say you are, get down from the cross and show us your power. Don't be weak and die. Be who you said you are, if that's who you are. But Christ's power is made perfect in weakness. Allowing himself to die, not coming down from the cross, might seem weak, but it's where Christ did his best work. Because there is forgiveness and there is life in his death. He is who he is, and he is who he says he is by dying on the cross. And in that, he gives us salvation, the promise of eternal life by sacrificing his perfect life. But he's not just giving up his life, he is dying in our place. He is taking the death that we deserve. He is taking our punishment, our condemnation, our hell so that we would not suffer these things. And his resurrection from the dead proves that he is the Christ, that he did accomplish all that he set out to do, that we have the assurance of the forgiveness of our sins, and that he has won salvation for us. There is nothing that we can do to save ourselves. There is nothing that we can do to deserve forgiveness and salvation. It has all been done for us. That is grace. God giving us what we don't deserve, which also includes faith that believes all of these things. The faith that takes these promises of God and makes them our own. So when Paul says, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We can look at our own life and say that We are sinners. Bad things happen in this world because of sin. God never said that we would not struggle. God never said that our lives would be free from suffering and trials and hardships. And we do not have the strength to handle it all. To admit that is to admit that we are weak, that we cannot do it on our own, that we need God's grace that he is the only one who can help us. And in our weakness, God gives us his power. And that's why when we are weak, then we are strong. And so we go back to our reading from 1 Corinthians today. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. A verse that has to do with temptation. Temptation that is not common to man, or that is common to man. Temptation that all of us go through. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, because he will provide a way out so that you can overcome that temptation. Remember, we're sinners. And we sin. It's in our nature to give into temptation. So when temptation comes your way, it's like Satan opens the door inviting you in. God's word tells us that when that happens, he opens another door. God does. An exit door, if you will. A way of escape from Satan's temptations. Do you take the exit? Sometimes we do. And that's because the Holy Spirit has led us through that door. And sometimes we don't. And we take Satan's door. And we give in to temptations. Because we're sinners. And when that happens, the Holy Spirit leads us to repentance. To seek forgiveness and find it in Christ Because God's power is at work in us. His Holy Spirit has been at work in us since our baptism, giving us the gift of faith. And it's the Holy Spirit who helps us to lead that God-pleasing life, who helps us to overcome temptation. He is at work in us through his word. As As we hear of his grace, as we hear of his love for us in Christ's death and resurrection and faith, comes through hearing the word. He brings about our repentance to know that we are sinners in need of forgiveness. He helps us to turn away from our sin. He gives us his grace in the words of absolution, his words of forgiveness. And he is at work in us in his supper as Christ's body and blood comes to us in the bread and the wine for the forgiveness of our sins for the strengthening of our faith, and for our salvation. These are all the things that we call the means of grace. The ways in which God gives us his grace. And his grace is sufficient for us. In every temptation and in every circumstance. That's because he is always with us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. As John says, in this world, you will have trouble. You'll have tribulation. But take heart because Christ has overcome the world. And through him, we will overcome all things. God won't give you more than you can handle? No. So what's a better phrase? How about, God will give you enough grace in every situation you face? Or maybe even better. God won't give you more than he can handle. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.